You must gain balance within yourself before you can bring balance to the world. Guru Patik. Bending, not breaking. Season 7, episode 13. The Last Stand. Welcome back to another episode of Bending Not Breaking. I'm Sunshine. And, and welcome to our last stand. Ugh, don't, I'm going to get emotional. Don't, We're, don't say things like that. Well, <laughs> certainly the last stand for now, but. For now, the final, the final episode. Final countdown. Get your tissues ready. The goo goo. <laughs> Oh, uh, and in one an episode, yeah, for those who haven't put the pieces together, which is fine, um, this will be, we, we set out to do both Avatar and Korra when we first started this project almost five years ago, um, and this is the last episode of Korra, and so for us, it is a natural somewhat of a progression to kind of step back and take a little break um indefinite break who knows when we will return and there will definitely be some content here and there especially as new shows come out and things like that but the the final run of the entire series canon of avatar the last airbender universe uh ends with this episode and so we are going to use that as a time to also and our podcast uh, for the foreseeable future. Certainly um, as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, just we'll see. There's there's a lot of possibilities, but yeah, we're going to we're going to figure it out from there. We've um, grown a lot. We've learned a lot in five years. We've hopefully been better people throughout the five years. Um, <laughs> as that was the point. And also we hope that we grow. And so. Ben is about to be wrapping up a master's program for two masters start, and start the next chapter of his life in the near future. I have gotten married and have and am moving into a home with my wife. So very excited for that. Um, and yeah. so it's just is a nice little um, it's a nice time for us to be able to kind of say, hey, we've loved every aspect of this for the last five years. Um, and it is just the natural time to kind of step away yeah. so yeah. the final episode today and just as we initially were planning on doing uh for each season but ended up kind of scrapping that our lens today is balance yeah um which is fitting yeah i mean the whole the whole show is about balance how do we balance find balance within ourselves how do we find balance between the physical and spirit world how do we find balance um and it's just a really uh neat paradigm for us to kind of come back to as we look at this episode but also kind of look backwards the series as a whole yeah and kind of just take in take in a little bit a little bit more than perhaps just this episode this episode does have a lot of fight 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 in it so it's good. It's good. You finally get to do a recap of a fight episode. 
And they fight the end. That's the recap. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> oh, before man. we get to the recap, let's dive into the lens a little bit more. Yeah. Let's ben, do. what is balance? You know, I was I did some etymology research and uh, I was the, it stems from weighing two things against one another. Um, but to me, in a way that feels reductive for what the word means, because it's only weighing two things when balance is on so many different levels weighing against and counterpoints and it's not any two things they may be two big things that you're weighing against but also something weighs more because of something else and all of the things contribute to a myriad of uh, things that we are trying to do well and recognizing that in order to do all of those things in a in a way that is healthy and productive and good, it requires that we be very intentional about where we spend our time and how we do that. So I was thinking about it in terms of breaking it down. You know, I, I, I want to be more balanced with X, Y, or Z. And, you know, I was thinking about how one of the things that is potentially helpful in terms of a framework to consider is how do I do that on various levels, including but not limited to the physical level, the social level, the subjective level. So like my identity and how I view myself, the temporal level. So on a time frame, what changes over time on a spiritual level. And so all of these different things give us aspects that we want to consider the balance of something on. And I think that that's something that we'll kind of kind of think about, right? Like Cora over time has become more balanced, right? And what does that change in terms of her physical, like, right? In her balance, she went, when she was imbalanced, she lost a lot of body weight, right? And then she bulked back up. And so there's just a whole lot of things that are really interesting when you consider it on different levels and how as we balance certain things go certain directions and certain things go other directions. what I miss? I think you nailed it. Nice. I think nice. you nailed it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly interesting to when you think about just Korra as um, a character from start to finish, when things are in balance, how all of those things intertwine with each other, right? When one thing happens, how it affects the other. Um, yeah. We, she didn't just lose body weight and mass when she went to kind of into recovery. She also lost connections and friends yeah. um, and familial relationships and purpose in the work that she's doing. And, and so and it's, interesting, it's interesting how all that um, plays into each other. And, yeah. so. and I, I think it's they are way more interrelated than we think they are. 100%. And, you know, when, and that's why it's sometimes, mis it's like, it can be difficult to diagnose what the issue is when you're only paying attention to one of those aspects. For instance, if you're only paying attention to the physical, you might miss how that is connected to the social. You might miss how that is connected to her identity and how that is shifting. Uh, and so when we start to put those things in conversation with one another, all of a sudden we see how balance is way more interconnected 
than we think it is between just one thing and another. Absolutely. Dun, 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 dun. Ben, let's jump into it. You got 30 seconds to recap this episode. You agreed since you were the one, you know, backing off and moving and all the things that you were going to do this. On your mark. Get set. Nope. No. Nope. Cora and the team spread out and they take out the Platinum Giant and Sue and Lynn take out the weapon and Kuvira removes the arm and then Maka and Bolin are awesome, but zap zap. And then Cora fights Kuvi and then Spirit Ganon go boom. And then Cora saves Kuvira and creates a spirit portal. And then Kuvira surrenders and then Varric and Julie get married. And then Wu plans to dissolve the monarchy and Tenzin gives a pep talk. And then Cora and Asami take a vacay and hold hands. Nailed it with five seconds left. Woo! I mean, that's it. I like that was that's it. That's that's what happened. Cora and Kuvi fight. Yeah. <laughs> Kuvi surrenders. Yeah, that's that's it. After- so that's yeah. that's probably one of the easiest things to talk about. Balance is Kuvira's lack of balance in her her mission and purpose. Right, like it becomes very one sided in what she thinks she wants and and how she has to have it and and not taking other perspectives into it there is zero balance yeah. um well, in it's, fight it's interesting right the the framework i when i was watching it i was using the language of doubling down like kuvira like when she initially when the platinum mech thing falls initially Cora's like give up that's the end and she keeps on fighting and doubles down and then runs away and gets the spirit cannon ready to go. And I think about people who double down rather than apologize and retract, right? And to me, doubling down seems to be a potential flag for loss of balance. Um, And it's hard to recognize, right? Because it's this idea of the, like a sunk cost fallacy, right? Mm -hmm. I've already lost this much in it, so I can't pull out now. Exactly. And it feels like that is a, a good sign of if that's the language you're using, perhaps that's a signal that you're making a decision out of balance, right? Oh, 100%. 100%. I mean, I can't, I can't think of a time where I've like doubled down like that and it is truly like benefited the situation. <laughs> yeah, it's... Um, it's- yeah, you know, short of maybe like poker, right? Every now and then, but even then, most of the time it doesn't work. Yeah, but I mean, even that's like a a risk. Sometimes you just lose twice as much by you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. And you know, I, I think this is a really interesting moment to kind of witness because you know the other thing that's really interesting is I I, I think when you contrast that with Cora, who has been regaining her balance this whole season mm-hmm. and finally steps into this episode being like, no, I know what I'm like supposed to do. I know what my purpose is. And what what we find is I don't think Cora could have done what she did with the spirit cannon at any other point in this season. Right. No. I, I think that it is she was able to do that because of everything that had happened so far and i and i hesitate to say this but i think that includes the trauma of the end of last season 
Mm-hmm. Right. I, I think because well, she lifts that up, right? She lifts that up in the conversation with Kuvira and says, you know, this is what I've gone through. And no, I, I haven't been an, I'm not an orphan, but I have dealt with things and learned from them. Beautiful empathy moment, right? Yeah. Oh, and it's in, like, and that's one of those things where you don't ever want to be like, look at what the good came out of your trauma. Um, but that that it is true that Cora was able to grow in a way that she probably could not have without having gone through that healing process. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is not at all a glorification of like, go get, you know, go get hurt and then heal and then you'll be better. That's like, I, <laughs> I fundamentally disagree with that as a premise. Well, because that requires a level of resilience that you're not guaranteed. <laughs> like, but yeah, but it's just really does contrast them. Sorry. No, she really does just show up in a way that, that is so kind. And so, yeah. um, you know, why didn't, why didn't you, I would have never saved you. Right. Why, why, why are you saving me? Yeah. Um, yeah. and it's cause she's, she's making decisions from a balanced place. You know, it's really interesting. Um, I'm now in three campaigns for Avatar Legends, um, which is really great. I'm having a lot of fun. Uh, Some with our Patreon supporters who agreed to join. I'm in one with my friends, and then I'm also in one with a bunch of strangers. So it's just a complete thing. The reason I'm bringing it up is the mechanics of the role play hinge on playbooks. And each playbook has two values that they are trying to balance between. And so you know, you can lose your balance. And when you lose your balance, you uh, do something outside of your values and run away from the scene. Um, Or you double down and like cause something problematic and then like, you know what I mean? So like there's a, there's a lose your balance moment. But what I also find interesting is there is a uh, moment of balance move that is like your character's special move. Mm. And when you are in balance, that is the only time that you can use that quote special move. Um, and I, I think that what we see Cora doing is she has been out of balance, out of balance, out of balance. And finally she's in this balanced state and she's able to do this moment of balance, so to speak. And that's kind of like, just to think about how that would manifest. This is a really interesting way that it did. Um, and so I just, I find that really neat and I don't know what that says about real life, but I I think (laughs) that it's like, I I guess what it's suggesting is you can do extraordinary things when you are in balance, right. With your, with your integrity, with your values, with your, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's interesting to think about how this plays out from a social standpoint, because at this point in the season, Cora is very much in community, right? For the last few episodes, it has very much been we're supporting each other. We're doing this as a team. We're doing this as a group. The airbenders are coming in to help um, versus Kuvira, who really is on her own pedestal and and really acting inside of zero community and really just herself. Um, now, there's a lot of folks that are a part of the mech guy and she's got her army and... I'm going to argue that that's not the same as collaborative discussion in those moments, right? Like, 
you're not getting a lot of that from Kuvira. And I think that that's just, to me, that for me, that is a sign of a lack of balance. Like how in intertwined in community am I when I'm making large decisions and getting the input of others and getting feedback from others? Like that is something that I think is a red flag as we're talking about red flags for balance when I'm not in community. Yeah. There's a red flag for me. Well, you know, what's interesting just to kind of extend that too is past the scene where they're all fighting, but uh, in balance, Cora is able to have conversations that she wasn't able to have before. For instance, she apologizes to Asami. She has a really beautiful conversation with Mako, this beautiful platonic conversation of love between them. Like, and there's no hard feelings because it's like no i get it there's a lot of it there's ex- an extension of grace like the 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 things that have happened in that relationship have been processed thus far and it's the same thing with asami the things that had happened have been processed and they're able to move on um and i find that that's that's an extension of her her balance in the social realm right she's like not only able to work well with everyone and create a cohesive team, but it also manifests in the sense of like, she's having conversations that she couldn't have before, you know? And I think that that means something. Oh, very much so. I, there's so much um, to be gained from apologizing and, and saying you're sorry and having all of these moments of closure um, that yeah. are just really really beautiful um and i think that we are just we are seeing a cora that is so has shown so much growth since um kicking down the baby door and saying i'm the avatar deal with it yeah which i love that moment too and well and and i think that's what's so beautiful about cora as a series is that we see her grow up, right? <laughs> like we we don't see get to see her the first 16 years of her life, but we we see her grow up in the sense of like from this like cocky, arrogant young lady who is super badass and powerful and knows it to someone who is like, I don't know if I know anything. And I think I have a lot of room to grow and I have a lot of learning to do. <laughs> like that was what she said to Tenzin, right? Like, I, <laughs> I I don't know that I'm done learning. I don't know that I'm done growing. Um, and so it's just the the complete shift there is just fascinating. It's it's and it's beautiful. I'm I'm tearing up just just thinking about it because that's just it's amazing. Because some of the best leaders that I know are the ones who who that's where they're at right there in the place of, you know, the more I learn, the more I learn that there's so much more to learn. Yeah. Right. Versus those who are like, I've got it. I know enough. I'm good at it. Right. There's there. And there is such a maturity to that answer is the acknowledgement of like, I don't have all the answers, but I'll work to find them and learn them from others. Or from Avatar The Last Airbender and, and talking about it and then doing that for five years. That's correct. <laughs> still, there's so many times where I'm like, I'm not an expert in any of this, <laughs> right? Like, yep, yep. And yeah. we've been we've been very grateful to have so many folks come on this podcast over the last 
you know, five years that have, that are experts who, you know, we've just learned so much from so many folks. So I recommend going back and uh, listening to just start, to start the whole thing over. Yeah. Maybe skip season one. Yeah. Like, oops. (laughs) Uh, It's a rough audio session for that one. Well, we got better equipment eventually. We did. We figured it out a little bit. I think we became more balanced. (laughs) Um, you know, what are other moments from this specific episode that are nice? Varric and Julie. Yeah, I think that was, you know, I did you notice in the wedding, by the way, that uh, the waiters were dressed like Nuck Tuck? Yes. <laughs> Hilarious. I, I was like, what? <laughs> I uh, love Bolin as the officiant. Yeah. Well, that was interesting, too. I guess. Yeah. What, like, t- say more. Why? Why did you like Bolin as the officiant? I, I think that shows there's growth for him, right? I think that um, it speaks to the relationship that he's built with Varric over time, I think. Yeah. Um, I love the moment where he's like not as as equals, right? Like not as an assistant, but as equals going through life together. Yep. Um, which I think is a, just a lovely acknowledgement of what partnerships uh, can be. Yeah. Um, I just, and I, you know, Bolin's funny. There's times where he's annoying, but he's funny. And I just, I think he probably brought just a, a lot of joy to that ceremony. Yeah, I'm. I like. I mean, I found found him fun. Um, yeah, I, I think that it's interesting to. I don't know how I feel about weddings generally, but <laughs> I, the the idea of exchanging vows is a really interesting concept because it's essentially this. Um, I promise uh, to to do X, Y, and Z. And, you know, one of the things we've talked about before on the podcast is when you have to, you know, promise um, where it, like the, the element of trust versus the need to promise versus the ritual of doing it. And there's this weird, like, I just, it makes me feel interesting, um, especially when, you know, what is happening uh, is is Varric is writing very uh, interesting vows, right? Um, specifically around you know the calluses on his feet and things along those lines. So I'm glad that Bolin was like, "No, I'm not reading this." No. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that comes from a little bit of balance on his part, perhaps. I think it does. I think it has to, right? I, the balance of life that comes with being in a relationship with someone is it's an incredibly difficult thing to navigate um, and requires balanced decision and, and balanced perspectives and the acknowledgement of your wants and others' needs and how they mesh together. And so it's, um, I hope for a happy life for Varric and Julie. Me too. Me too. The comics give a little, but not a, not a lot. Yeah, I still have never read Turf Wars. There are more coming out, so it's okay. Um, Good to know. Yeah. the The other thing that I find interesting is I, I think we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the opening of a new spirit portal. Um, yeah. Like, like there are already two. They're symmetrical, like they're on both poles, like the North and South Pole. Um, and now there's this one, which is not symmetrical. Uh, and so there's a question of like, what does balance mean? And is this a, 
is this creating more balance or is this a rupture that is, you know, like, so I have a question around whether this was overall a good or not good or just is thing. Um, I'm, I have trouble putting judgment on the, the opening of a new portal. Did you have thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, for me, I think it is just an it, it exists now, right? And so, um, it happens. It's there. There's now a new spirit portal, and and so I think the question is, yeah, uh, from a planetary standpoint, what does balance look like in that terms? But you know, the more doors we open, I'm generally in favor of keeping our doors wide for things right for more learning and for more experiences and i think that that's what this portal does um it also allows for a nice little uh little date sure does yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know I, I think that there's um i mean any sort of major change like that is obviously going to cause issues right with the opening of a new spirit portal that means that there's going to be a much greater relationship necessary mm -hmm. between the spirit world and the humans because yeah. right now the one in the south pole is very difficult to reach right there's a constant storm and then in the north pole it's again very far from most population in the northern water tribe and so it's like out of reach there's but in republic city <laughs> It's right smack dab in the middle of like essentially what is the equivalent of New York, right? Where <laughs> it's like there are people everywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's a, it's going to demand a whole lot of um, new, a new normal regarding what balance looks like, right? Yeah, very much so. And I think that that's, that's probably the bigger takeaway for me is, there are things that will happen in our lives that are absolutely out of our control um, that we just don't have decisions in and that we don't have the ability to change. And so finding balance in those moments and finding how to engage with those things in a balanced way becomes the mission. And so I think that that's, that's what Republic said you will have to figure out is how to, to maintain that portal into being something that is productive for all involved. That's mm -hmm. something that they'll have to figure out how to balance that with the spirits. Um, yeah, you get if you get another uh, Unalak, yeah, like uh -oh. is, the access to that area is now very easy. Yeah. Um, what does harmonic convergence look like with a third portal? I don't know. So yeah, um, I don't think anybody does, right? <laughs> so so I think just like anything else, like bad news in life or uh the need to move cities or you know big big changes that are out of your control sometimes yep you just gotta you gotta find the balance within that and so that's and that's not an easy thing to do no it is not i mean and the goal i think is just how do we how do we constantly pay attention to all of the various components that we are are hoping to balance, right? And it's recognizing that on any given day, we're not going to be able to, right? And, you know, 
on like today, I can focus on really getting a few chores done around the house, but that doesn't mean, okay, what do I do about rest? Or what do I do about schoolwork? Or what do I do about uh, how I see myself? What do I do? Oh, I didn't do any sort of meditation today. Like that, like all of these things that we're trying to do and balance. And it just means that like, if I don't do well in some of those areas today, I need to prioritize those moving forward because I was able to prioritize something else yesterday or today. Um, so, I mean, it feels like balance is something that when we are in balance, we feel it across all of the different like realms that we consider. And it feels like it's going to be a constant uh, on the boat where it's like ebbing and flowing and I'm constantly maintaining balance and in, in motion. Uh, rather than being still like does that make sense that's that's a oh very much so because you know to me I, I've, I'm getting imagery of like seasons change right there are some seasons yeah. where things are really easy and there are some seasons where they're not and what balance looks like in winter is different than what balance looks like in summer versus yeah. what balance looks like in fall and so that's part of finding that balance is to understand the things that you need to fill your cup that allow you to pour into others and some weeks that's going to look different than the week before and you have to just gauge that and what that looks like yeah it's actually reminding me so i'm i'm taking a class on death dying and grief and fun <laughs> yeah it's very fun um but one of the things that we kind of have been talking about is the concept of wayfinding and rather, you know, uh, the paradigm for grief in popular culture is like the five stages of grief um, and or, you know, and it's like that's not how grief works. Right. Grief is very not stage oriented. It's not linear. It's not any of those things. And it's kind of like being out in the ocean on a boat and you have to figure out where to go in the middle of nowhere and you don't have any tools and you're like, I don't know what to do. And eventually um, you're going to recognize that, okay, the current's pulling me this way. When I move this, this way, I get more traction. And you start to like learn skills and build things in the middle of nowhere. And you start to gain tools in terms of, Oh, when the sun is over there, that means X, Y, and Z. Um, there's a Polynesian um, people that do a lot of wayfinding and when they go sailing and when they go out on their boats, they're able to see things that we can't see because that's all they do. They're able to see islands that are underneath the water because the current looks different to them. And the, you know, the clouds form differently over land versus over water. And they are able to see that. But to me, as the untrained eye, I'm sitting here going like, I couldn't tell you the difference between that cloud and the other. They look like clouds, right? I know if the difference between like stratus, simulus, or cumulus, et Cumulonimbus, yeah. And, but like, even then, I don't even tell you, like, who knows if I could point to it and name it. But moral of the story is, what if balance is not something that like 
here's the tool and you're going to be balanced if you do this. It's instead it's, hey, you're going to have to find your way. And there are tools that can help you, but no tool is going to fit every situation. And sometimes you're going to have to learn something new in order to balance, right? It, it, yeah. it, that's kind of how it feels. <laughs> Certainly. And I think that that's what you know we've been doing on this show for the last five years is... yes. What are what are how do we gain awareness of what could be tools and you know what does that look like? But again, no, that's not going to work in every situation. Every situation is nuanced and different. Yeah, the people you're in relationship with are nuanced and different, and so you know, again, you're you're going to have to figure out what balance looks like to you. Um, and again, that's going to change on a daily basis, as it did for Cora. Cora had to find out. A sure lot did. of that stuff by herself. Um, and she had it. support and it still was, she needed to figure that stuff out by herself. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. And then there's people like Tenzin who are just beautiful mentors who are, who are just like, you have done more in the past few years than most avatars do in their lifetime. And recognizing that and giving her praise and like, you know, the, there's pride. It's just uh, what a beautiful moment with Tenzin. I'm just really grateful for that. There's always been so much learning from Tenzin. Mm -hmm. And he, when we talk about people who are willing to kind of admit mistakes, there's a lot of times where he models that really well. Yes. And again, some of the best masters are the ones who are able to say like, I messed up. I didn't know the answer. Yeah. And I don't, but I'm going to find out, right? Yep. A lot of good balance for Tenzin. Absolutely. And, and he's had a lot of growth from from the way he thought that airbenders needed to be season one. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. To now. And so there's, there's just a lot of growth from them as well. Yeah. Any other moments that you want to lift up? No, I don't. I don't know. Like, I, I think again, most of it's fighting. So like, <laughs> there's not too many, but I, I, I think that just lifting up that, you know, Asami looks great in that red dress and rocks it. And, um, Cora is rocking a really lovely relationship starting, starting here. Oh, just a, just a beautiful moment. Walking off into the the portal together. Yeah, look at that. Oh, 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 tears. It is a lot of fighting. So much fighting, indeed, and good fighting. It's good. This was a uh, the music kicks in at so many moments in this episode that I just am like, oh, okay, that at full volume. <laughs> Which is like that's absolutely going to be one of my tweet. I think you know part of my tweet in law is just like the score for Cora is just. Yeah. Just top notch. You can't say it any more than we are saying it. And it is just so good. Ikora is my favorite series, I think, between the two. I yeah, it's hard because like it's really you need both. And I get I think I prefer watching Cora. I, I think I prefer watching Cora. I think you're right. But that's a spicy take. It's a spicy take. Um but that's the balanced take. That's the balanced take. That's right. <laughs> the one that that's the one that's balanced. We're making the claim. <laughs> They're both good. 
the right answer is. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I'm gonna say that like we were going back and watching like season two of Avatar, and that's also just so good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Our live episode covered the drill this past week, and what a great episode, right? There's a lot going on in that where you see everybody work together and uh, it's so good. So good. So good. So good. Um, Yeah. I, I think one of the things that I guess a question that lingers for me is as we think about, you know, our time and, the things that we've enjoyed and the things that we have done. I'm I'm curious um, for our listeners too, if there's been um, any standout moments uh, over the past like five years or conversations where we're like, wow, that was really something or, um, and, and there's a few for me, but I, I'm I'm curious if as you, as you ponder the the fact that this is coming to a close as it currently is, what um, what moments for you are like, do you return to? Like, are there episodes that you're like, man, I still think about this regularly or just favorite moments at all? Oh, I really loved our conversation with Casper or Kyle around ritual. I think yeah. that drastically shifted my viewpoint of traditions and um, was a really cool learning opportunity. I think having cricket on the show was fantastic. Absolutely. Um, she, she's been on more than once. And, I, you know, I, I think those are the, mo- the moments that our guests were here, I think, are some of my favorites, right? Yeah. Um, being able to learn from folks and, and different perspectives. Um, I think that's always being able to do this podcast in community has always been a really lovely aspect of it. And so, um, Max has, has not been with us. Uh, he is still alive, but he has not been with us, um, you know, for a few years now, a few seasons. And and ultimately, you know, that was always a lot of fun having him around it was. Uh, producing yeah. as well. And um, I think that I just those are the moments that I really latch on to just really, you know, nice conversations with good people. And I think that was that was always one of the kind of favorite parts that that brought me a lot of joy through this process. What about for you? Yeah, no, I, I, I'm reflecting on the first time Indira was a guest um, and, you know, she introduced herself and we were like, hell yeah, like this is what we've been wanting for uh, for our guests. And we're so grateful that she's been able to kind of come back again and again and again. And that's been huge, I think, building that relationship and me being able to kind of learn from her as she kind of is a few years ahead of me in the the same in a very similar process has just been really a beautiful gift. Um, and I'm grateful for that, you know, having Cameron, I've really, you know, I am thinking about it. I, I still reflect on our conversation with Alex Vital too on, mm-hmm. on policing is that was a really interesting episode that was where I felt like I learned a lot. Um, and so, yeah, there's just a lot of really cool moments that we've just been kind of blessed with having done this. Well, and I think one of the cool, the coolest aspects of being a part of this community has been just the the outpouring of folks who just have felt something special with these shows, and um, being a part of this 
this fandom is definitely has its ups and downs, but I think we just met so many wonderful people. Um, and then I also, you know, there's, it's, it's amazing what people can pull. We've, we've had some guests on here who never watched the show and then we invited them on and now they've crushed the whole series. Right. So like, I think that that's also been a really cool aspect of, of this podcast. Uh, It's just the, the joy that I think it brings people and, uh, hearing people lift up why they like certain episodes or certain conversations and being able to do the live episodes with, uh, with other folks that, you know, we were, we were talking about that on our last live episode that we've almost been doing the live episodes for three years at this point. And you just uh-huh. think about like an hour conversation, hour and a half conversation monthly for three years is a lot of time with people, right? Like that's, um, and so that's cool as well. It is. Yeah. I, I think it's absolutely worth shouting out Rahul Kelly and Maggie, who are consistent attendees at our at our live episodes, and thank you for supporting us for so long and for continuing to just be a part of the community and growing to be our our friends as we talk about Avatar and just have a great time. And I, I appreciate you showing up every time. That's been a, a real gift for both of us. Absolutely. Oh man. <sighs> well, I mean. Do we take a break and then come back for our Twee and Law? Guess so. I guess it's time for the music. All right. We'll be right back with our final Twee and Law devotion and gratitude. and crannies no we're not doing that you, you really <laughs> Ugh, gross so good it was no. so good Mm-mm. i, I can't i can't believe you did that on this you ruined this last episode that was totally worth it <laughs> i don't regret it at all <laughs> gross all right <sighs> what is uh what is pushing you away and pulling you in uh, yeah i mean i i think I, i've touched on this earlier i think you know if you're gonna go through the ritual of a wedding and go through the ritual of exchanging vows i feel like you know there's a solemnity that i kind of like would want to impart into that moment and you know Varric's not so joking, joking things. I'm like, that doesn't seem like that's the best time to uh, 
uh, crack that joke if it is a joke or it seems tactless and thoughtless. Like, I don't know. It just it felt weird. It, it might be a thing that's super cool for 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 them. But for me, not a fan. Um, there was a viral video that went around recently on like TikTok and stuff where it was a, a guy making a lot of like sexual references in his. Yeah, not the place. Thing. And I mean, people like were like at giant red flags. And even the wife was like, no, it's totally cool. This is just our relationship. And so part of me is just like, I mean, I get cool, I guess. And uh, it just felt like it took away from well, a and- lot of that that uh kind of there's there's a real power to being able to be in a wedding or like a real um powerful presence of like yeah. being in weddings and and seeing weddings and there's a lot of joy and that just was a moment that was like that stripped a lot of joy for me as a as someone had to watch it well and it's just one of those things where it's like if that's the kind of thing maybe maybe that is something that you do in private. If that's something that you love and like enjoy between one another, but like there's, you invited a whole host of people also that may not view it the same way. And there's, I get, there's also an element of like, it's your wedding, do whatever you want. Like, you know, like I'm, I'm just a guest and this is your deal. So So that's the point. Yeah. That is the little bit of like the, what's the point of the wedding? Like what's the, is it, is it for y'all? Is it, to celebrate the community supporting y'all like what's the purpose and did you live into that well so for me my judgment my little bubble is like i didn't love it (laughs) for for other people like you do your thing but for me no thank you (laughs) yeah um i um i think part of my push is these are kids. Like I have to remind myself yeah. that like, yeah, these are kids from Avatar to Korra. Like these are kids that are having to do these things. And I'm really wishing we were living in a world. Granted, this is a fictional one we're talking about now, but like where kids don't have to do those things. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's a, that's a push for me. That would be great. You know, they're, they're technically adults now, but you know, when this started, you know, like, yeah, when the like in the the series they were seventeen, but like now they're twenty one in this season, and so like it's just even still, it is they are still very young. <laughs> uh, it's like they just graduated college. <laughs> but the the pull in really is, I mean, all of it, the rest, <laughs> the yeah, rest of it, it. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, you said it all again. The music, right, is just unreal it's so good it gives you chills it's it like it just hearing oh, the 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 theme just woof i'm done it's so good yeah i i also really loved this moment with mako and cora i thought this like really beautiful love between them is um just watch i really enjoyed it i was that was something that i really appreciated yeah i i like the moment of uh mako and bolin's little brotherly moment that happens in the in the mech suit uh gosh mako like going zap zap right like that that was a decision Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh man uh 
Lin and Su Yin's like working together. It's just those there are really cool moments throughout this entire series and episode, but uh just they they write good television. Yeah. They do <laughs> so. it. They do well. They do they do this really well. Yeah, for sure. Oh man. So Twee, La, we've we're kind of finding our balance there. Um and now we're gonna talk about the last air devotion. <laughs> Let's see what you did there. Yeah. Uh, air is our element and balance is our lens. And we are setting an intention. Uh, and this intention is something that we're going to focus on for theoretically the next week. But we are also going to recognize that setting goals and setting intentions is something that we probably want to keep doing past this too. It's a practice that has been uh, not just connected to the podcast, but a practice that has, you know, benefited us outside of it as well. And so sunshine, as you think about your last air devotion, what yeah. are you thinking about? I'm going to breathe. You, <laughs> you, I'm going to breathe. Now, um, this is like doing this podcast has been a ritual for a long time. And so uh, part of finding the creating the moments that fill my cup inside of this podcast and what, how do I ensure that I continue to do all those things, right, that you kind of lifted up. Um, and so, you know, it, it's just going to take some time and awareness to figure out what, you know, what really gives you flight what really moves the air beneath your wings um <laughs> so i you know i think for me it's it's a it's it's probably the toughest intention to set because it really is just like how do i find the new balance and in, in the next adventure um and how do i ensure that i'm still practicing gratitude and setting intentions and being intentional in that new adventure and so i think that's for me breathing is kind of a joke but it's also kind of not right like taking time to breathe taking time to take a deep breath yeah. taking time to um to really think and be intentional about where am i showing gratitude and where am i setting intentions and how am i treating others and um it's just something that i'll have to keep doing and so i think there is there is just kind of a nice reminder and hey take a deep breath Mm. and all right go yeah and so i think that's that's kind of my my intention for the future yeah yeah i love that what about you i hope that you find that that'd be ideal um i i think one of the things that doing this podcast has kind of given me has been this um you know, we kind of have separated our devotions and segmented them into, into elements, right? And that has been what this element with this lens gives us a different thing. But if we had picked a different element on any given lens, it would have been different, right? And recognizing that air is just one facet of the balance that we can be thinking about it helps break it down and give us a little bit more structure, but it's one of those things where like the sensitivity to the elements 
and how they can shape us requires awareness. And that awareness requires attention. And that attention is a, is a form of love, right? I, I feel, I feel like attention is a, a, a form of love to, to put it simply, right? It, it, and when we are attending to, and what we are giving our attention to is the, the way we love that thing. And mm-hmm. for, for me, as, as I think about paying attention to all of the different elements that I contain, it's a form of love. And that balance is what comes from that love, right? And so in a way, balance <laughs> and striving for it is a way of loving myself. Uh, and, you know, I went from A to B to C to, to G to get there, but like, it was one of those things where I, I, I think that we are compelled to continue to work on ourselves. And I, I think that, um, until that becomes a habit like breathing that we don't have to think about. It is one of those things that's going to require us to continue giving it that attention that it requires. And so that's what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about just recognizing that this is, this is bigger than any one element, right? This is bigger than any one lens. It is really focusing on how do we hone in on these little details that really make up a much larger whole and continue to scrutinize and, and work on and become who we want to be in, in the most loving way. So that was a long-winded way of saying, I'm going to keep doing this and try to do it in outside of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Right? Woof. Ugh. Gratitude. Gratitude. Who is a character in this episode? that you are grateful for. Um, I'm just going to go with Cora. Yeah. Um, the growth, the empathy, the leadership. She crushes it this episode and the series. Yeah. So I just very grateful for her. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. What about you? I'm grateful for a lot of them. I'm grateful for Tenzin. We talked about it. I'm grateful. for. Yeah. Michael. I'm grateful for gosh I'm grateful for Sue for not uh like attending to Kuvira's feelings when she turns herself in and like saying you are gonna pay for what you did (laughs) right and not like you know she's blunt and I think that this is a situation where like catering to like oh thank you for turning yourself in it'll be okay no it's not it's not okay (laughs) like uh so I'm grateful for Sue I'm grateful for gosh I'm grateful for everybody it's just what a what a what a good series. I'm willing to take whatever punishment I've earned. Yeah, you murdered a lot of people. It's not going to be good. <laughs> it's been a lot. You, yeah. uh, you've done a lot. You might be locked up in a tree for a while. Yeah, you might. You might be. You might be locked up. Um. Well, I, and I'm also I'm grateful for you, Ben. Uh, the five years of this podcast, I think. Um. There's, there's, we were friends before it. I think we are better friends now because of it as well. And just grateful for 
the curiosity that that you've allowed for me to bring to the table every week and um just the the I very much cherish these conversations and so yeah thank you yeah you heard it from sunshine folks if you want to become better friends with someone start a podcast and <laughs> For five years, talk and about your favorite cartoon. Five years talking about your favorite cartoon. <laughs> oh man, yeah, Sunshine, I'm I'm so grateful for you too. You know, we talked about this the other night, and you kind of lifted up, feeling like you. I don't feel like I contribute that much. It feels like you're the one. I'm like, no, I've felt the complete opposite. Like I very much cherish everything that you bring you are someone who has changed the way that I think and you have given me greater insight into so many things that I would not have been able to do by myself and it is only with our powers combined that we were able to to do this um, Captain planet some captain planet so um earth wind fire water heart now Though I won't be here, Ben has promised to do every episode of Arcane and Full Metal Alchemist. Whoa! <laughs> I have not. Uh, the original and Brotherhood. And so get excited for that. So long. <laughs> get excited for so his one-man shows uh, on all of those series coming up. I made no such promise. <laughs> but we've talked about those. <laughs> Full Metal would be another good one to do. I agree. That is just not something that I'm able to take on at this time. Not at this time. Not at this time. Well, y'all, thank you so much um, for listening. Thank you so much for being a part of this for the last five years. Uh, For those who have started listening and then maybe left for a little bit and then came back, or for those who just listened to any part of this, any of the the 201 episodes we've done so far. just incredibly grateful for y'all and and thank you so much for for allowing us to do this uh this has been something we've really enjoyed and it's been great to to hear your feedback and um your voicemails and the kind things that y'all have done for a while um and so any more feedback that you'd like to share feel free to send it to the archive at gmail.com um we will be back at some point i am sure Um, But for the foreseeable future, it's going to be a little bit of a break. And so I'm Sunshine. And I'm Ben. And this has been Bending Not Breaking. Thank you so much for listening. Okay, bye.